Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome, foolish mortals. Amigos, amigos down there. It is me up here. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the train and remain seated at all times. If smaller aviators don't measure up to the height indicator on the seat, just put the belt through the loop in the center strap before buckling. That's worked out. We know what our goals are. We know what we hope to accomplish. And believe me, it's the most exciting and challenging assignment we've ever tackled at Walt Disney Productions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Diz Life Podcast. Thank you for being a part of our Disney Lives here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. My name is Mark Valentine, and I am the host of Diz Life Podcast. Join us weekly as we discuss the very best of Disney parks, resorts, dining, and beyond. And don't forget, smash that subscribe button to access more incredible audio content from the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to chipandco.com for the latest headlines from across the Disney parks worldwide. And don't forget to give our show a rating or review on Apple, Spotify, or even Podchaser. On today's Dislife podcast, Brian Lee and I are creating our fifth gate over at Walt Disney World, inspired by Pixar, complete with rides, dining, a park icon, and maybe a few magical extras. But before we get into that, we've got to welcome the man, the myth, the legend to the studio. He is a person who perfected time slipping long before Loki. The OB to my Mobius, Mr. Brian, the god of mischief, Lee. Brian, happy Sunday, man. How you doing? Is skin really that important? (laughs) How incredible. I know this is not our task today. How incredible was that episode of Loki? Our, isn't it great to have it back? It was it was a very good start, man. When Mobius wrote skin question mark in dust on this on the console, I I almost died. It was, it, uh, was, it, was it was a good episode, man. It's super sciencey heavy. Yeah. But the fact that it's actually not dealing in different timelines is really interesting. Well, I mean it is, but it's not alternate universes and such it was the best of weeks it was the worst of weeks we had to say goodbye to ahsoka and then i was so sad but that feels seven years ago right and then but then we said hello to loki so i was like okay i'm all right i'm okay now (laughs) all right we have a gigantic episode so we should not take any much any longer than we need to to get to our pixar park let's dive right in man there are a few things that are worth talking about this week And that means it's first take time. And now it's time for Diz Life First Takes. First Takes! These are the headlines that are going to get you talking this week. First Takes! We here at Diz Life Podcast are giving you the first word on Disney news and parks headlines. First Takes! So here's what's firing off this week over at Chip and Company. First Takes! All right, man, we got to get through these. We have a lot to do. Uh, Let's start out with a little Frozen 3 news. Uh, Miss Jennifer Lee is, quote unquote, blown away by the upcoming Frozen 3 movie. Uh, So earlier this week, Jennifer Lee, she's the Disney Animation's chief creative officer. She said during a keynote session at the London Film Festival that Disney, one, has discreetly started work on the third film, but also 
that she, and remember now, Lee is the writer and director of the first two Frozen movies. Uh, everything's been pretty secretive about the information regarding the third film, the release dates, the production progress, but she was so enthused at the LFF audience. She expressed her astonishment and the remarkable progress saying that she was quote unquote blown away by the work thus far. Specifically, she said, all I can say is that last week they carved out time for me to work with the creative team on it and I'm blown away. Uh, she continued to say, I'm so excited. I don't know what I'm doing on it yet. I might be doing nothing, but she is jazzed. Uh, I will be honest, man. I'm a little worried about the third film. Sequels don't become a problem sometimes in animated but generally speaking, the longer they wear on, the more it's like, ooh, maybe we should have just said goodbye. I'm looking at you, Toy Story 4. Uh, Brian, are you all in on a Frozen 3? Or does this give you hope, uh, given the glowing reviews that Jennifer Lee is, is uh, attributing to the film? So what are your thoughts on Toy Story 5? Um, I... I'm cautiously optimistic about Frozen 3. Uh, I think I think Frozen 2 is closer to the original Frozen than several people do. I think Frozen 2 is a good a good film. I I thought it was really good. I thought yeah. they advanced the characters. I thought they left it in a place where I'm not shocked at whatsoever that there's a Frozen 3. Um I I I mean cautiously optimistic is the best word I can use. I will absolutely go see it. I I will see it. I mean, what would Jennifer Lee say? Like, she wouldn't come out and be like, exactly. <laughs> your yeah. film stinks. Of course she's going to say it's great. And it's probably the biggest thing they have in the pipeline over there. That's true. But I thought that Frozen 2 bookended it very well. It completed Elsa's story. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the third film is someone else's story, but I'm just looking at the relationship and kind of the full circle moment that we got for both of the sisters going, do you mess with perfection? Because I thought the two films were perfect. Um, that said, yeah, we're going to always mess with perfection. We have a Toy Story 5 coming out. <laughs> like you said, three should have been it, but you know, let's get another two film. Why? Cause money, money talks. All right, dude. Uh, speaking of Loki and OB, uh, for a limited time over at Avengers campus in California adventure, both of them are meeting and greeting. So two new characters have arrived at Avengers campus. Again, this is for a limited time. Disneyland has done this with multiple Marvel series so far, but now you can meet Loki and OB from the Disney Plus series, Loki, uh, over at DCA. Uh, Loki 2 premiered over on Disney Plus, so Loki has been spotted before in various forms at Avengers Campus, but this is OB's first visit since he is a new character on the show. Uh, OB, of course, short for Ouroboros. Uh, he is a TVA agent who works in the repairs and advancement department. Uh, in the Disney Parks video on Instagram, Obi said he doesn't usually get to do field work for the TVA, so he asks Loki for pointers. Um, dude, would you be all about meeting Obi? <laughs> that character, man. I'm so. I. I mean, I don't think we're alone. I think everybody loves Kiwi Kwan in that in that role. So the fact that they're bringing him to Avengers Campus is just. It's just perfection. I want Mobius to come to Avengers Campus. Uh, so Linda, who has not seen everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once, whatever the title of that film is. She needs to see it. She did not know that Kiwi Kwan 
had such a yeah that had had such a resurgence. So she turns on. She loves Loki, by the way. Linda does not watch any Marvel, none. She turned on Loki of her own accord. I didn't even have to sit down with her. She goes, Mark. I'm like, yeah. She goes, that's Data. <laughs> I go, yeah, it, it's QA Quad. He's wait a minute. And then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, he's back. You didn't know he's back. She's he's like, Data to her. He's not short round. Nope. She right away. She's like, Mark, that's Data. This is a Goonies household, bro. We, All right, that's fair. Yeah, we are a Goonies household. Now that's not to say that Temple of Doom doesn't get play here. It does. But we are Goonies, first and foremost. And she goes, wait, so he really talks like that? She thought that was the, she thought that was the character. She just <laughs> thought, she basically just thought that that was Data. And that was the, the shtick. She's like, I think I love him even more now that that's, that's his uh, cadence of his voice. I'm like, yep, it makes him so if, amazing. If you thought he was good in the first episode of Loki go watch everything everywhere all at once because he earned that Oscar that he won for that role. He's, he's, he's so good, man. That conversation he was having with Loki about in two different timelines and recalling the conversation, like he, he was just perfect. Like those three on screen at the same time, I need more of it. Yeah. And once again, it proves that Disneyland is just a whole nother level, man, that you have an OB meet and greet. How creative. Amazing. All right, let's finish it up with some other parks news. So the celebrity narrators have been announced for the Candlelight Processional 2023. It was so funny because Chip and me and Linda, everybody was kind of like speculating. It's like, where's the announcement? We got the Christmas merch. We're getting all the other Christmas stuff. Where's the Candlelight announcement? And then lo and behold, later that day, Disney was like, ask and ye shall receive but this is the perennial guest favorite. You know, everyone who thinks of the holidays at Disney, the Epcot Candlelight Processional is the event. It's that enchanting reenactment of the Christmas story. It features a narrator, the choir, the 50-piece orchestra, the trumpets, the mesmerizing voices of Liberty. But the event is making a return this year, and now we know what the lineup is of celebrity narrators. So uh, here's the list going in order from November 24th and 25th. If you want to see what dates coincide with these individuals, you got to go to thechipandco.com. Uh, Chrissy Metz is starting it off. Luis Fonzi, Anne Margaret, Simu Lu. I love that. Uh, John Stamos. And then I'll be there for Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, Marley Matlin. Brendan Fraser is new. Eva Longoria is new. Joey Mack from the New Kids on the Block is new. Sterling K. Brown is new. Jordan Fisher is new. And then Stephen Curtis Chapman is returning. Audra McDonald is joining. Uh, she is also new. And Lisa Ling will be back. But again, check all of the dates to see what corresponding date your favorites will be narrating the Christmas story. Brian, do you have a top three of that list in no particular order? I was going to turn that on you. The game where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready. All Brendan right. Frazier. Yeah, I, I can't believe Brendan Frazier is coming. That's awesome. Brendan Frazier, Sterling K. Brown is probably the number one I would love to see. Um, number three, I'm going to go Neil Patrick Harris. You got to always have Neil Patrick Harris. And number four, I'm very intrigued by Eva Longoria coming. Okay. But, Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want Shang-Chi narrating your Christmas story? I, I didn't finish. Oh. Didn't finish. 
as intrigued I am as by I like the newcomers. It's about the newcomers. However, you got to have some of because Simu Lu was there last year. Simu yes. Lu's perfect. He is so hot right now. Hansel, <laughs> so hot right now. Simu Lu coming off of Barbie and everything else. Give me a Shang-Chi 2 announcement sometime soon, please. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. <laughs> Dude, that, that's how they have to start it with Simu Lu. Uh, John Stamos, forever and always. If every word he said could make me laugh, he'd talk forever. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris, come on. I understood that reference. Yeah. Jordan Fisher, I mean, listen, Jordan Fisher is Mr. Happily Ever After to you. To me, he's Mr. Broadway. I've seen him in Dear Evan Hansen. I've seen him in Sweeney Todd. The man can sing. If he sings just the littlest bit, I I would love him. Uh, And I'm also... uh, Brendan Fraser. You've got to see Brendan Fraser. I mean, that's... Are you going to see Neil Patrick Harris again? I I will. Yeah. We're going to be there December 7th. We... uh, So the dining packages go on sale December 4th... No, no, no. October 14th. We're going to try to snag a dining package so that we can sit in the seats when we see Neil. But it's going to be a tough get. Everybody wants Neil. Everybody loves him. Me too. Always. Yes. He's Doogie Hauser. And amongst other things, he's also a Broadway guy. FYI, for those people who don't know that about Neil Patrick Harris or NPH, he's a Broadway stan. I love him so much. So, so much. Chrissy, Met- Chrissy Metz is cool. Like if you've seen, if you see this is us, she's the one, she's the triplet sister. Um, but Sterling K Brown, man, like that one's cool. Lieutenant Matias making his way. To the candlelight processional. I don't hate it. All right, man, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Don't go anywhere. We've got an amazing episode where we're going to imagine you're a fifth gate based on Pixar right after a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Diz Life Mark here, and I want to tell you all about the official travel partner here at Ship and Company. Let our good friend Sarah at Destination to Travel help you plan your next Disney vacation. Sarah specializes in planning dream vacations for your family. She's an authorized Disney vacation planner, and she can help with every step of your magical vacation. The best thing is that her services are 100% free. Want to travel beyond Disney? Sarah has you covered there too. Want to find out more? Fill out a trip request form over at the website at Chip Co. or email her directly at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. Start planning that dream vacation today. Email her at sarahsolberg at d2travel.com. All right. Welcome to Mark's main attraction. Uh, dude, listen, you said this to me a few days ago and you said, Mark, let's imagine here. Let's do this. We are going to have Marky Mark back on. We have to do our Disney 100. We have to continue with the second part of that. Marky Mark is working this weekend. So instead, Brian and I are going to have a little fun. We're going to armchair Imagineer. Uh, I love the idea of that fifth gate. And you said, dude, Pixar just need its own park. So Brian set the rules. Brian set the outline. Uh, what are we doing here today, my friends? Give the people an idea of what we mean when we say we're imagineering a new park. Yeah. So, I mean, 
to an extent, all rules are off the table. For example, like if I were, if I were creating a fifth gate based on Pixar, I think toy story land is going to disappear over at Hollywood studios. So there's certain things I'm going to have to do about that. First and foremost, my name is Pixar park. I don't know if you have a new name for yeah, it. Now we'll just go with that. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, so we're going to talk, I mean, we're going to talk park icon. What's going to go on the Walt Disney world, uh, com banner. Um, uh, like all kinds of stuff, restaurants, attractions, lands, anything you can think of that fits within the Disney parks, make your dreams come true. I'll give you a check of $10 billion. So basically money's not an option. Money's not an option, but physics are. And so is reality. We have, um, we've imagined your yeah. stuff in the past and uh, I, I, I love the man, but Greg, I'd be like, Greg, how does that work? And you know, like physics wouldn't apply or any of the laws of gravity or just reality itself. And he'd be like, I don't know. I didn't work any of that out, Mark. So <laughs> the laws of physics and reality do apply here. Like you can't turn yourself into a cartoon literally. So, uh, yeah. So let's just have fun. Let's get creative with it. Um, so let me, I'm just going to start this off. Let me, let me start this very boring. So, I went with like a hub and spoke for my picks and I just said Pixar park. You know, I create, I used all my creativity on other stuff. Hub and spoke was easy to navigate. So the main street USA, so to speak, I thought I, I was going to shoot my shot and I went with the Peter Sones hit elemental. I thought that elemental was generic enough, futuristic enough that it would look like a cool main street USA and it would be timeless but I thought maybe we get a few meet and greet characters from Elemental along the way. And then I want to see like a subway car from that movie and maybe that ride or that train or monorail, if you will, make stops at the various lands around the park, around the spoke. Um, so I thought in the, in the vein of Magic Kingdom, Hub and Spoke have a train, Elemental train going around. And then at the center of that will obviously be my icon, but how did you lay your park out, man? I kind of went hub and spoke too, but I didn't really think about Main Street USA. So I'm trying to come up with something right now on the fly, and I don't think I'm going to be able to. So for somehow you just walk in the front of the park and you're already kind of at the main entrance, for lack of a better term. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if we were going to have a theme to our to our central area. So I just was like, oh, let me think about that. And that's... So Elemental, hot take, man. You ready for my hot take? Here's Here it is. Elemental is a top five Pixar for me. And I know that some people are going to think I am bonkers or crazy. But yeah, Elemental is that good. I've watched Elemental six times already. Um, I cry every single time. I love how different it is. It's a, it's a love story. And it's not just a love story. It's an ode. I don't know. Did you see the Peter Sohn, uh the Elemental vignette, the making of it? I have not, bro. You got to watch that. But Peter Sohn, talks, I've only seen the film once. So man, but he talks about the the factors of his life and the pieces of his life that inspired that, and his his Korean ancestry, his parents, their grocery store uh, in New York City, his father's relationship with uh, him being an artist. Uh, his brother kind of like taking over the family business to allow him to follow and pursue his dreams. Man, it's bonkers good. It's just Pixar um, Elemental is where I think Pixar 
creativity and imagination meets the real world. And that's like the rubber meeting the road moment. That's what's so good about that studio. Yeah. Like you've got, you know, emotions or, you know, elements or all of these different facets of, uh, and create like toys, but they take on those human qualities. Pixar does such a great job of that. Elemental man, top five for me. I had to incorporate it. So it's my main street. Yeah, I, I I have Elemental incorporated in another in another way. So I'm just going to bypass Main Street altogether. I don't know exactly how that would work, but I'm going to have to do that. All right. So what's your park icon? So what's at the end of your Main Street or right in the middle of the hub? So where's the castle? What's in place of the castle? I've got just a gigantic Luxo Junior lamp. There you go. I have the same. What else would you have? So I have a giant Luxo. And it moves around. It's like an animatronic, and it shines the yeah. light in random order on the different areas of the of the uh, spoke. Precisely, that's, there that's, could be a ball next to it too, with the red star and the yellow and the blue stripe. But Luxo, yes. it's the lamp. The lamp has to be it, bro. It's got to be Luxo, and it's got to be massive, and it's got to be a robot. That was that was it. All right. Yep. Um. So do you do you want to start? Since I kind of like spilled the beans, do you want to start with your elemental inspired area or land? Sure, I can do that. So it's it's actually uh, one of the few lands that I have. I think I have six total lands. Um, most of them are dedicated to specific franchises. This one is is not as much. This one's kind of wonders of water would kind of be the the, the land where you have the elemental attraction. Um, where you're in Element City and you're with Wade's family. And I haven't really, it would be some sort of boat ride that incorporates, like, I, I just think about Ember as like an animatronic and stuff like that. It'd be kind of like a Frozen Ever After ride is kind of what, kind of where I'm at. Um, I also yeah. am picking up, I'm not repurpose everything that already exists in the park, but I do think that the, the finding Nemo submarines that they have at Disneyland would actually fit really well over here too. So I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to put that in here as well. Yeah. And then I also want to come up with a splash mountain type attraction. That's paradise falls from up. Dude, to be continued on the finding Nemo, finding Nemo submarine. I chuckle because you might, you might be seeing that somewhere else for me. All right. So on the, on the idea of repurposing or using something that's already there, like the don't broke, it's not broke. So why fix it now? It's, it's Walt Disney world. So this doesn't exist here. We cannot have a Pixar park here on the East coast without cars land. Okay. We need to duplicate cars land. Is this an easy way out? Absolutely for me. And I know this isn't new, but if it's a Pixar based park here in, in Florida, we need to have radiator Springs. And we need to have Radiator Springs Racers. We need Luigi's Rollick and Roadsters. We need Flo's V8 Cafe. The one thing that I would do to change this up, I'm going to add another restaurant, and I'm going to call this one the Pit Stop. Uh, I want it to be a table service dining location. And the characters, the cars, the animatronics are in each one of the dining sections of the, of the dining room. So you would have four dining rooms, kind of like a BR guest style thing where each room has a theme. So the showroom would be Mater, Lightning McQueen, Sally, and Doc. This would be themed around the original Cars, which I think is the the best one of the triptych. You know, talking Cars two, like, cars two would like a word. Yeah, Cars three we'd like a word. Cars three was not fantastic either. I just want to say that. 
But the theming around the, the dining section would be like the showroom for, for lightning. Lightning would be like the main ballroom. He would have the biggest dining room because everyone wants to eat with, with him. Uh, but like Doc would be a classic car room. You know, Sally would be like the modern roadsters, like Porsches and Lamborghinis. And then, of course, Mater has his own aesthetic. Ka-chow. So, yeah, the pit stop. But Cars Land, bro. I, you have to have Cars Land. How do you not have Cars Land and have a Pixar place here in Walt Disney World? So you are, you are learning why I wanted to discuss this in general. I wanted to get on my soapbox and just rant about the fact that they call it Cars Land and do not call it Radiator Springs Racers. The fact that they call it Toy Story Land and don't call it Andy's Backyard drives me insane. Have a little more creativity here. Uh, but you're correct. Uh, you have to pick up Radiator Springs and just duplicate it over here. I would replace Luigi's Rollick and Roadsters, which they've done three different times yeah. in the iteration of Cars Land out at California Adventure. I would turn it into more like of a simulator thing where you could kind of build your own track, a sum of all, sum of all thrills type of deal that they used to have over at Epcot. But it'd be a more simulator attraction where you could build your own racetrack of any sort. Radiator Springs Racers identical just make it identical to what already exists because that attraction is absolutely perfect i like it all right dude your second land you said you have six i also have six so this is going to work out for math well my second land is radiator springs so <laughs> okay okay but all right I, I mean it has to exist i mean you and i think similarly on this i'm now learning that uh maybe this is going to be a little redundant at at times but um, that's just perfection. I will, I will defer to your second one because yes, radiator Springs needs to come to Florida. Okay. The second one, I didn't call it a land. Um, mine was my second theme. And the first one I wouldn't call cars land. I would call it radiator Springs. The second one I called adventure is out there and it would draw inspiration obviously from up, but it would be based on the adventurers of Pixar. So I would go heavy vegetation, think forest-like. So forest-like would evoke an amalgam of, in my mind, Brave, Up can fit there, Lightyear can fit there, Good Dinosaur, all of them can fit because there are lush or jungle-like environments in pretty much every single one of those. They can all fit into like this forest. So it would be Good Dinosaur, Lightyear, Up, and Brave would be the four properties that would primarily inspire this area. So... I have a flight simulator uh, and it would be Carl's house. <laughs> you would fly Carl's house. It's like Soren meets yep. right. Soren meets up. Um, I also have a virtual log flume for the good dinosaur. You know, that river scene from the good dinosaur when he's just like a floating, floating down the river. So I don't, would, I don't know that scene because I don't watch that film because that film does not need to be represented inside this part. Well, you know what? It's another Peter Son movie, so we're going to give it some love. So Good Dinosaur would mix those screen-based panels, like think a la Cosmic Rewind, with the flume-like design. So it would be Splash Mountain meets Cosmic Rewind in terms of there being digital screens. It would be an inside flume ride. Um, I would have a light year shooting style game like a minions over at universal where it would be again, really screen based update the technology on those shooters. And then I want to have a brave coaster where you traverse the crags of Scotland. This would be family friendly, more like a big thunder mountain than an Everest. And you know, the rock formations would look and feel just like Scotland but it would be kind of like a runaway train, but instead of a runaway train, 
do hippogriff style, really like elegant and stylized cars looking like her horse more so than a hippogriff. And again, make this one a family, family friendly coaster so that everyone can enjoy the brave coaster. I have no creative title, just brave coaster, but adventure is out there. Oh, my meal. Speaking of, I'm sorry, man. You're like, dude, good dinosaur doesn't have uh, representation. I'm giving it two things. I, not only am I giving it a ride, but I'm also going to have Dino Bites, which is going to be a table service restaurant. Uh, it's a good themed dinosaur table service and massive oversized dino size portions and oversized food items would be at Dino Bites. Table service. <laughs> the two. Table service. Not, not quick service. Yeah. So you sit down, yeah, you can enjoy the log flume, and then you can dine with the dinosaur from The Good Dinosaur. I don't even know his name. That's how little I know that movie, but I'm going to give him Is some love. Arlo? Arlo. Arlo and Spike. That's it. You're welcome. Uh, okay. No, I, I really like that idea. The Cosmic Rewind Splash Mountain version. I'm a big, big fan. Uh, Flying Carl's House. That would be interesting. That'd be very interesting. You could come across a Zeppelin. I like it. Well, I like what it. I, okay. yeah, I, you would have to, you would obviously have to either stay. My thinking was you either stand or sit. I was going to sit in like the recliner, like every, like all of the seats look like Carl's recliner and you are sitting on like the porch or looking out a window that's like right in front of you. I like it. And the like rest, of, yeah. And the rest of the interior, like if it's Pandora, you know, instead of it just being a really generic Stuff you just make it look like the inside or that room of Carl's house. So I like it. So you have you have a lot more generic lands than than I do. At least that one's more generic. That was kind of like my water one. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with the one that I think has the most potential that I'm still trying to work through that I expect you to have as well, so we can figure this out. Okay. Uh, uh Riley's brain. It needs a better <laughs> name, but Riley's Cranium. brain. Riley, Cranium Riley. command. I called mine Cranium, Cranium command. command. Okay. That'll, I'll take that. Um, so this is where I incorporated my train for the park. It's the dreamland train um, that makes its way all around the park and has tunnels and all kinds of stuff that take you through Riley's dreamland. Um, then I think we bring back something like the American Idol experience, a stage show of some sort. It's like a talent show for your guests. That's the, the dream studios where people can come on and do really any talent that they have. And you could find some really potentially funny or good acts throughout that. Again, think American Idol experience kind of deal, which hasn't existed for a very, very, very long time. I also want to incorporate something with the different emotions where you can kind of teach kids, Hey, sometimes being sad, isn't always a bad thing, like stuff like that, where it's, I guess it's kind of like figment where you would kind of go and teach in the different emotions and stuff like that. It would be a slow uh, Omni mover type attraction. And the only thing I care about them having here is that they have cotton candy that looks like bing bong that makes the sound of a dolphin inside the stick. <laughs> you can eat bing bong. All right. So you and I think the same way. It's our favorite movie. You and I share this in common. This is our number one Pixar movie for you and I. Uh, so I called mine Cranium Command. It's an indoor-outdoor pavilion. Uh, Joy and Sadness, the ride is called Joy and Sadness Make a Core Memory. It's a dark ride, automated vehicle in the style of Runaway Railway or Mystic Manor from Shanghai. So it's a trackless vehicle that has uh, 
both animatronics and uh, digital projections telling the story of basically it's them going through the first movie and it's following them uh, as they try to rush back to get back to uh, to disgust, anger, and fear. And then at the end of the ride, they do, and everything works out for Riley, and it's all good. So that was joy and sadness make a core memory. So uh, think about think about this though. You could you on your vehicle, yeah. You could have like just the small control board, and then as you advance through whatever story it's telling, your control board has projections or some sort of display that keeps getting bigger and bigger as you learn and grow and introduce yourself to more emotions. I'm a big fan. I like it. Yep. So at the end of the ride, meet and greets for all five, uh, not just joy and not just sadness. We're going to work in the other emotions. And I want meet and greets for all five characters at the exit of joy and sadness, make a core memory. I uh, want to meet anger so bad. Yep. So I have a second ride in this land and it's bing bongs rocket ride. It's a screen based flight style, pa- uh, flight of passage style passenger style ride and you know who's everyone's favorite character it's bing bong bing bong so he's going to take riley to the moon and it's basically bing bong using his imagination to fly with us through the world of inside out and i i need a bing bong ride i can't let go of bing bong he means the world to me and you know what i'm going to co-opt your cotton candy idea because i absolutely love it uh, and then this is the area that like you've got the kitty friendly show. I had a kitty friendly zone. So there's other really fun and whimsical rides. So I want emotional whirlwind from DCA here. I want a merry go round that has the various characters from that. I want maybe a kitty coaster, like a goofy sky school. I want there to be a little kitty zone that kids can enjoy and like really younger rides that just kind of like have the aesthetic or the theme of inside out. Cause it is my favorite movie. Uh, the pizza, there's a pizza quick service that I have there called yeast of Eden. That is the name of the pizza place from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take yeast of Eden. Uh, it's a pizza quick service and we're going to put that in toy story pavilion or not toy story, the inside out pavilion as well. Does it have broccoli pizza? It's gotta have broccoli pizza. Gotta have it. It's gotta have it that nobody, that nobody orders. Okay. But if Bing Bong's going to take us to the moon, he needs to do it better than Jimmy Fallon does over at Universal Studios. Please. Yes. Please. And thank you. All right. What else do we got, man? What's your next one? My next one is the one that I think is, is going to be the dominant version. um, And it's Monstropolis. You've got to build out Monsters, Inc. Just the entire monster city where you could have the crosswalks and all that kind of stuff. But the most important part of here is a, you have Harry Housen's restaurant, yep, which I, would have, yeah, you've got to have Harry Housen's, but you then have a Matterhorn type roller coaster with the abominable snowman. And then you have some sort of roller coaster. It, you would have, it would have to be like a cosmic rewind type deal where it's the doors where you're just going through monsters, Inc and all the doors and you're chasing the doors and all they can do with the projections with doors opening and looking in and out and traveling into different worlds and environments by traveling through the doorway, like you would the um, jump points on cosmic rewind. Dude, we think exactly alike. I have a monstropolis, but I combine monsters, Inc one and, and monsters. You, we would have to have a campus or a portion of the land dedicated to the campus. 
you could have the campus and you could do like the whole food court. That'd be awesome. So I also have the Mike and Mike and Sully DoorDash coaster. Follow the doors to Cebu from Randall. It's an indoor coaster. And I wrote just like Cosmic Rewind. It's an adult coaster, though. It's got some inversions in it. Um, I have a Monsters, Inc. scare lecture and demonstration. You remember like the way that every show from the 80s and 90s had audience participation and kids would go on stage or adults would go on stage and make fools of themselves? So I thought an 80s-style participation show, bringing up the kids, having them perform, having them put on monster costumes, parents too, scaring the audience. So it would be a, a comedic show, um, and it would be a lecture demonstration of how to become a, a scarer. I also have Harry Housen's. You and I think alike. The Japanese style restaurant that Mike Wazowski takes Celia to for from Monsters Inc. So the last idea I had, and this is a little intense. This would never get made, you know, after the failure of uh, Alien Encounter. So I want a Monsters Inc. scare zone. It's a walkthrough style haunted house but there's Monsters, Inc. jump scares and there's monsters that jump out and it, it's a scary thing. It's kind of combined the universal concept of like the, the, the houses, the horror houses. There's no gore, there's no blood, but it's like, it's jump scares and it's Monsters, Inc. <laughs> they would never we've make it. This, we've said this on United We Fan. You've been there for it. I even posted it in our Facebook Disney group this week. I think extraterrestrial alien encounters still is one of the most beloved attractions. If they built it anywhere, except for magic, it was the wrong park. It would have survived in any other park. It was the wrong park. Don't have a scary ride in that park. It would have worked. It would have worked. It's like the first ride a bunch of people even come to, because if, if you come in and turn right, that's the first thing you're getting to. I love it. Yeah. So no so, laugh more for you, huh? No, I wouldn't want a laugh floor. I would want to, I would want a legit scare floor. I want what was the name of that attraction that they used to have at Hollywood studios when you're talking audience participation where you would like go up and do like the I love Lucy yeah, scene and all that. That's what I'm that's talking what about. Talking. What was the name of that? What was the name of that? I show? can't remember, man. I, I just, I remember almost every park had something like that where the kids had to come up and they, they took part yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones used to have a great aspect of that and that's what made Indiana Jones so much better. Yeah. COVID killed it. They, they, they always, yeah, they got rid of the guy in the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, but like, please bring that back. I used to love when, you know, the the audience members were a part of the show. Bring it back, please. It was so cool. All right, what do you got? What's your next stop? My next one is Metroville. Incredibles. I'm assuming you probably have this too. I don't, believe it or not. All right. So you got to have the Incredicoaster. Absolutely have to have the Incredicoaster. Then you could have some sort of simulation ride where you're Violet and Dash together, you're inside Violet's orb and Dash is making you run. Just the, it could be a simulator type attraction where, or I, I, yeah, you can't really do this one in a runaway railway type type ride. So it would have to be, you're sitting in some sort of orb and Dash is having, helping you run through the jungle. It could even be a replay of the first movie. Uh, But just seeing things at that rate of speed and becoming your own superhero, some way you could have the audience participate. They have their own, their own type of power just as a collective group or something where you could then help the help the heroes save the day, but just kind of seeing it from that aspect. And then you got to have Jack Jack's cookie bar. Got to have a bunch of different cookies for sale. And then I would have Frozone's icy experience where you could get like frozen drinks, stuff like that over with Frozone. 
Um, it's not a super well-built outland. It probably needs one more attraction. So I'd love your help on building out a third attraction. Yeah. I, I skipped the Incredibles, believe it or not. And I don't know why, like I'm not forgiving myself for this, but I mean, I, I would make the Incredibles maybe like my first expansion to the park. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me think on what that third attraction could be. I don't know. Do you think they ever make a third film? And should they? I do. Based off of the conversation we had. Earlier. I do. But that is that is one intellectual property because it's superheroes that I think you could continue to make those films and they don't get tired. Like The Incredibles is one franchise that it was a decade in between the two. And more they, than that, I think. Wasn't yeah. it almost 15 years? Yeah, they, they really could make more of those. And they don't. And I don't understand why because The Incredibles does it really well. And people love it. It's... You know, you don't have to be a, a Marvel nerd or a DC nerd to enjoy it. It's superheroes light and it's with a Disney twist that people like it. So we need more of them. We need an Incredibles 3, please. And thank you. And Credit Coaster in California is so good. It's amazing. It's uh, it's probably that and the tower to uh, it's like one and one a for me. I love them so much. All right. So um, I drew inspiration from one of my best. Pixar, my favorite Pixar's. Uh, it's another indoor pavilion, and it's the model, basically, of the Monterey Marine Life Institute. <laughs> and it's Sigourney Weaver's going to narrate. Uh, I don't. I'm surprised they don't do this and update the Finding Nemo pavilion to this over in you know in Epcot. But well, if you jump on chippingcompany.com, you can find pictures of the, they're changing a lot of the murals and the facades and everything on the outside of, of Finding Nemo. I wonder why. They should. Uh, but like you, man, I brought the Finding Nemo sub adventure over and I put the note of, yup, come at me, bro. It's not beloved over in Disneyland and I don't care because I love it. Uh, but I want the Finding Nemo sub adventure coming here. Um, I also want a show called Talking with Whales featuring Ellen DeGeneres, animated or not, and I want it to be a comedy show. Um, and I also want a staged version of The Big Blue and Beyond in this park and not over at Animal Kingdom because people don't appreciate it at Animal Kingdom, dude. They just don't. I, I talk to people all the time. They're like, yeah, Lion King is a hit. I'm like, yeah, but what about Finding Nemo? And they're like, oh, you know, I never really watched that. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? That's a Broadway caliber show. The, the Lion King thing is okay, but it's nowhere near what the Lion King on Broadway is. M mind you. Your distaste for Festival of the Lion King will make me laugh every time. I hate it. I hate it so much because, man, the Lion King on Broadway is so much better. And I just, I can't, I can't do it. I just can't do it. So yeah, I want like that indoor pavilion yeah and i want it to be a, a light aquarium maybe not as heavy duty as what they've got going on at epcot but i do i want a marine life institute and i want hank there i want everyone there you know not just paying homage to the first finding nemo i want finding dory represented as well at our current aquarium so get both of those movies going so yeah indoor pavilion the monterey marine life institute featuring sigourney weaver <laughs> I've got one land left. I'm you do too, right? Uh, I don't know how I have. Okay. How do I have Toy Story. three? <laughs> no, I have you, got to have. you you have that many left. I have two left. How do I have two left? I don't know. Do your other one. All right. So and I have, I have, a I mean, you, you have toy story. I have toy story land. 
Okay, so do that last then, and we'll both go Toy Story. All right, so I had something called Around the World. Oh, maybe because this wasn't like a legitimate land. So it was Around the World. It's kind of like a smaller version of a world showcase. Um, Each one of the showcases features the culture and the cuisine of the film because uh, Pixar is pretty, does a really nice job of taking us around the world and looking at different cultural hearths. So uh, there's like a quick service kiosk at each one, one of these places. So basically like the staple foods would be American cuisine, Canadian, Italian, and French. And obviously um, the American would be like soul. So it would be soul food. Uh, Turning red would be Canadian. Luca would be uh, Italian and then ratatouille. Uh, Soul has a show called In the Zone, and it's an animated short celebrating the music and inspiration. It's kind of like Circle Vision, and uh, where you're just kind of like in the zone and immersed by all of the animation that's all around you. Uh, Turning Red would have a four-town concert, uh, and it would be the virtual stadium experience, and it would kind of be like a smaller version of that thing that's called the Sphere or the Dome in Las Vegas. where it's Sphere. Yeah, the oh. sphere. Oh, oh yeah, I want to have that. <laughs> I want to have that at Disney. Uh, Luca is the Silencio Bruno Vespa adventure, and this is a hybrid coaster. Think Hagrid's on a Vespa. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then that was it. Like, that was my around the world. And then this one's obviously scalable, and you can add different countries or different cultural experiences based upon whatever the cultural hearth of the world is, man. Um, Doesn't sound like you're picking up ratatouille and moving it. We can just be fine if no, ratatouille. Yeah, I'm fine with just French cuisine. Uh, but I had, dude, what the heck? I also had a Coco Land. <laughs> maybe I didn't have six. Maybe I have eight. What the heck? I don't have, dude, I don't have Coco. How did I not have Coco? Go. Go, uh, go, go. It's a Land of the Dead pavilion. So this is an indoor yeah. pavilion because it's got to be dark 24-7. I have yep. a cocoa boat ride. It's a dark ride with digital projections, bringing that land to life. Uh, I have a quick service. So like a like a like a mix of yeah. of Fiesta tour mixed with Runaway Railway. Yeah. Kind so of deal. basically, what I did I was uh, Mexico already. Yeah. Basically, what I did, man, I just reimagined the Mexican pavilion because the the uh, the table service inside is now abuelitas and it's Mexican cuisine, uh, basically like old world Mexican cuisine. Uh, there's an Ernesto de la Cruz singing sing-along concert. And then I had a virtual flight called Papita's Windborne Adventure. And it's a virtual flight on the back of whatever that creature is from Coco. Yeah, that was my Coco-inspired land. And Dante. Dante I have, has to come with. I have eight. How did I get eight? My math sucks. <laughs> I just they're all mini, they're all mini lands. Yeah, though. I think I'll I just started going crazy, dude. I think I was just like, what? I'm having fun. I don't know how I didn't have Coco. I'm an idiot. All right. But we both have Toy Story, right? We both have Toy Story. It and this needs, is where yeah. I think it. So you, you talked about it earlier. You and I, if we don't pick Inside Out as our number one favorite Pixar film, it's probably Toy Story. This is the original OG. This is where it all started. I don't think it does enough justice over at Hollywood Studios. It needs to be bigger. It needs to be grander. It needs to be better. That's not to say that what they have at Hollywood Studios, two-thirds of it, because I'm picking up Radiator Springs, the tractors are already there. We don't need alien swirling saucers anymore. Correct. Toy Story Mania can come over. Slinky Dog, make it bigger, make it longer, just make it better. But Slinky Dog is good how it is. This is where we we get our very first in-park hotel within Disney Parks, where we get the Toy Story, uh, we get the Toy Story Hotel similar to one they have over in Paris. But this is where it's actually... Maybe maybe even just attached to the park is probably okay, but I want to put it in the park where you have your Toy Story Hotel 
and it's it's good size it's several hundred rooms um and it's just based off of based off of toy story again they already have this concept already done over in paris and then you need to build it out more would just include more characters man like you could have all kinds of of attractions like i said toy story mania i think should exist shrinking you down to the size of a toy it should be called andy's backyard should not be called toy story land um but anyway i'd love the reactions you have for toy story land okay so uh, i have the duke kaboom stunt coaster and nice. we are going to do it for Richon. Um, and it's going to be exist if we don't get toy story four. Yeah. I mean, it's, this one's going to be a little intense. So I do like slinky dog, but I want Duke boom to be a thrill ride. I want this one to have loop de loops. Uh, I, I actually thought of this one more like, you know, what they have over in California adventure. I want, but I want more than one loop. I want like maybe at least two inversions in this. Uh, I have a ride called combat Carl's Boot Camp. And it's, this is where you get to show and train yourself to become the most durable toy. Uh, combat Carl kind of gets like roughed up a little bit. Um, so this one's going to be very controversial. And a lot of people are going to go like, no, dude, that's like, that's like a boardwalk or a fair kind of ride. I want this one to be a Gravitron, man. <laughs> I do like, and people are like, no, 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 that's cheap stuff. That's what we would expect from a, like a boardwalk style ride. Yeah, but you know what? People kind of like Gravitrons and like to stick to the wall. And that's the concept behind are you tough enough to go through Combat Carl's boot camp? Because like Combat Carl gets blown up. He gets thrown around. He gets messed up. He gets roughed up as a to- as far as toys go. What roughs you Presented up? by the U.S. Army. Yeah, what roughs you up more than a, than a Gravitron? So, yeah, uh, <laughs> this is I have an experience here. You know, it's not a customized lightsaber, but I have a build your own potato head with unique and customizable options that are not available for retail, only in parks. Yeah, that, love that. That the the people and the minds behind Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head come up and create new options just for Disney parks, and you can only get those features or those customizable options at the Disney park. Of course, I can already see it now. You've got all the resellers and everything. I can already see eBay just filled with all kinds of stuff. Yep, and I've got Zerg's Zapolis, and it's desserts and obviously fried dough. Uh, and then I have a Lotso Bear Kid Play Area. Yep, the irony is not lost. That you know, what's the best place to let the littles run wild and just destroy everything? It would be in Lotso Bear's Kid Play Area. And then we would obviously need to have a Pizza Planet. It would have a ranking of like 7.1 from Dave Portnoy online. But you know what? We still have to have it, man. That's my Toy Story area. We need a full pizza planet. My last thing is the NFL expands its Toy Story Fun Day options, and they have an attraction where kids can go in and toss a football around and kind of see themselves on the screen as the toy that you saw on that football game last weekend. Dude, that's a cool magical extra. Uh, we didn't do this, and I feel like we should. Uh, I'm not prepared to do this. Uh, so would you have an idea for a nighttime spectacular? Um, my brain always defaults to just world of color. So no, I think think about it for a minute. So I, I mean, obviously it would be music from just Pixar movies, right? Right. Um, the, in the absence of something to project it on, I don't know how you would have projections. So I would think fireworks in the round 
you know, on the periphery of the park. So if you're standing in the hub, looking in the various directions, I would think like the pyrotechnics being set off like 360 degrees at each end of the, of the hub, you know, basically it's like you have it's like illuminations kind of, yeah, that you've got instead of standing on the outside of the circle, you're standing at the center of the circle, looking outward. And the, I mean, you know, the, uh, whatever the community is surrounding this park, like, I guess, screw you because <laughs> you're going to have fireworks going off over your head. So I guess the logistics of it would be crazy, but you know what? Disney had figured it out. They you could just- have some sort of, you could have some sort of each, each area has its own presentation and like a, for lack of a term, a stage or, or something. And Luxo could like spotlight them every time kind of Luxo would direct you everywhere you're supposed to be looking. Yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. You could, you could do some sort of, I, I, to be honest, you know, you know what? To be honest, I think what I want is I want Disney to lean in and really do a lot with drone shows because what they did in Paris for that Avengers show that they did with all the drones and the lights and everything else, I think is really cool. And I think there's a lot of potential. And I think that's the future of nighttime spectaculars at Disney. I want to see him do something with drones. All right. Well, let's use this as an opportunity to talk back. Uh, head over to Dislife Podcast, D-I-S-L-I-F-E podcast.com. Leave us a voicemail. And let us know, do you have an idea for a nighttime spectacular? We can capture your voice. We would love to play them next week. Let's see if this works. This is new. Try this out. Dislightpodcast.com. Leave our show a voicemail. And this is a cool talkback option. Let us know what would your idea for a nighttime spectacular be. All right, dude, listen, we are going to take a quick commercial break. We will be right back to play Disney's College of Knowledge and say goodbye. Don't go anywhere. We've got a little bit more Disney podcast right after this commercial break. Is Disney World home to you? Realtor Victor Naraki can help make it a reality. Realtor Victor Naraki specializes in making your Disney home dreams come true. Second homes, investment homes, retirement, relocation. With Victor's input, he will show you the home opportunities that you don't get to see as a tourist. Imagine being at the park in minutes, walking around the world showcase for daily exercise, watching the fireworks in your own backyard, or having Disney Springs as your local mall. Have you ever heard of Windermere, Winter Garden, Horizon West? Dr. Phillips, Claremont, Lake Nona, or Disney's own Celebration and Golden Oak, Victor will introduce you to these communities which are just minutes to the magic. Stop imagining a Disney life and start living your dream today. Call Victor at 407-340-9375. And don't forget to mention that you heard all about Victor here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Head over to CelebratingFlorida.com and start living your magical life today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Disney's College of Knowledge. This is where we challenge our listeners to see what they know about the Walt Disney Company and its theme parks. Last week on the College of Knowledge, we asked who is the Disney animator That is the genius behind so many characters like Phil from Hercules, Maui's Tattoo, and of course, the genie from Aladdin. Our super fan, Andrew Thorns, could not be stumped. He got it right. He knew it was Eric Goldberg. So congratulations to Andrew. We have a prize package coming to you from the team here at Diz Life Podcast. This week, our college of knowledge draws its inspiration from Pixar, of course, Brian. And this week, we're asking... 
what is the name of the two brothers in the Pixar film Onward? One is voiced by Chris Pratt and the other is Tom Holland. But what are their characters' names? Speaking of, like I didn't know Arlo, I'm guessing that a lot of people may not know the names of these characters. How do you play? Let us know your answer by messaging us on Instagram at Disney Podcast. Only Instagram, please, and thank you. But Brian, that's going to do it, man. Do you know the names? Just curious. Do you know? I know you know the actors. Do you know the names of those two brothers? I do. Okay. Good for you. I don't. <laughs> I do not. I had to look. I, I created this one and I looked this one up and I was like, oh, this would be challenging for me. Where does Onward? That film got, that film got swallowed. By yeah, I was just going to say it did not do well. I, How- I personally think Onward commits the cardinal sin of just being boring. I'm not a I'm not a big fan. Of I it. was just gonna ask you where this one ranks for you. It's it's on the lower end for me as well, and it's a shame because there was a lot of potential, there was a lot of talent there. Uh, I just don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a great film. <laughs> I just don't think it is. All right, man. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Dislike Podcast. As always, we want to thank you for living your best Disney lives with us here on the Chip and Company Podcast Network. Hey, don't forget to subscribe. Check out all of our incredible shows. We have six days of programming. Uh, It is an amazing network. We are very proud of the crew and the team that we have assembled here. Uh, Have a wonderful holiday, Brian. Uh, It's Columbus Day, man, or Leif Erikson Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, Do you celebrate one or all of the all of the following? Uh, My youngest daughter's birthday is that day. Oh, so for me, it's Parker's birthday. Number one. Happy birthday to Parker. Hey, thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy your four-day week. Uh, And as always, we hope the rest of this week is filled with faith, trust, and a little pixie dust. See you soon, Brian. Thanks, Mark. Diz Life Podcast is brought to you by the Happiness is Addictive Collection. Happiness is Addictive is passionate about spreading laughter and creating smiles worldwide. They love bringing their global community together through optimism, cheer, hopefulness, merriment, and celebrating life's magical moments. They know how important it is to celebrate life's adventures, and their apparel will give you everlasting, one-of-a-kind memories through pixie-dusted family photos, compliments from park guests, and magical moments with cast members. They pride themselves on high-quality, custom-made apparel at competitive prices with world-class service. Let them help you create a lifetime of memories, whether you're Disney bounding, kicking it poolside, participating in run Disney marathons, having costumed adventures, or just living your best Disney life. You can find their Happiness is Addictive shop on Etsy. You can also find them on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Pinterest. They are proud to be featured in Indie Central Florida, the Thoughtful Gift Club, and now here on Dislife Podcast. Their collection was founded by a 15-year former cast member who knows how to enhance your magical moments for a lifetime of memories with your family. Don't forget to use promo code DISLIFE15 to take an extra 15% off. What are you waiting for? Head over to Etsy and start getting happy today. Follow the link in our show notes and you'll find out for yourself that happiness is addictive.